visitor today, we want you to know that we've got snacks over there and coffee. We've got restrooms here. Your children will come forward. If you have a child, will come forward for the children's sermon if uh, they so choose. Um, and we want to make sure that you feel welcome here. So if you have any questions whatsoever about any of our any of the things that you see, make sure you ask me or ask any of our people um, about Memorial United Methodist. Prayer concerns. If you have a concern that you would like to be shared with the congregation in worship this morning or uh, uh, also on the Tuesday morning prayer group, if you'll raise your hand, I simply ask that you print legibly uh, so it's easy to read. Um, we'll, we'll pray for that individual in this service and they will be prayed for at our Tuesday morning prayer group. So if you would like a note card, please raise your hand and an usher will bring you one. Uh, in regards to worship, we have a new book for the season of Lent. Um, if you uh, were here in the fall, we've used books before to guide our discussion. Um, the company promised that they would be here yesterday, and unfortunately, they didn't arrive. Um, so they should be here tomorrow morning, um, depending on the weather. Um, and we, you'll be able to come by and pick them up. All of you that put your name on the uh, register for wanting a book, we made sure you got one. I'm going to pass this book around. If you'll just pass it to everyone and you'll see we're going to use this book throughout the season of Lent. If you would like one, I'll remind you, just put book out from your name on the attendance register. I'm going to call on Adam Wycliffe to tell us about the pictorial directory. And while he's going, I'm going to tell you tonight, Sunday night classes for adults begin again at 5.15. Bob and Bobby McQuaid are in the back. Y'all wave. Uh, Bob and Bobby teach the class. Team in the social hall, which is right there. Adam Wycliffe. Hey, good morning. Um, for those who don't know me, I'm Adam Wycliffe. I run our website. I take pictures. I do other stuff. Um, this is uh, working on our directory. We uh, did our directory about three, four years ago, and uh, it was awesome. This year, it's going to make it even more awesome because you're definitely going to be in it. Uh, we're setting up family portrait times. Uh, our our uh, dates are March 3rd through the 6th. So that's a Thursday through Sunday. Uh, as these dates fill up, we'll open up other dates, but we still have uh, a few spots open on, on these different days. Uh, Thursday and Friday, the dates, the times are from 1 to 8 p.m. On Saturday, it's 10 to 6, and Sunday is 12.30 to 6. Um, there are only a few slots left for Thursday, Friday, and Sunday, but there's a lot of spots open for Saturday. So um, be sure that you, you sign up uh, soon to get your spot that you'd like. Uh, we're going to have laptops uh, set up. In fact, I see two of them on the tables back there at the end of this service. We'll also we'll have a laptop set up at the end of the 11 o'clock service for you to uh, sign up. Um, you can also sign up through our website. Just go to greerchurch.com. Uh, look on the left-hand side, there's a link to that. And if you have any questions about the entire process or you have any problems, you can reach out to me, either find me or um, my email and phone number is listed on, the, on that page on the website. So um, thanks so much. Thank you, Adam. Mark Green is our Troop 107 leader. They uh, joined us in both worship services last Sunday, handed out grocery bags, and if you're thinking to yourself, Mark's going to tell you what to do. Morning, it's good to be back here. What an exciting time to be at Memorial with everything went on last week. There's a lot happening. Uh, we are taking up non-perishable food items for week. We passed out bags last week and we received a good many back this week. However, if you forgot, you can simply put them on the front uh, porch of our wonderful scout hut 
or drop them off office and we'll pick them up and get them to the local food bank. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. The scout hut is at the stone house, rock house. I always say the wrong one. Which one is it? Rock, rock house is uh, right over there. Beautiful rock house. Um, Katie Jeter is our director of children's ministries, but she is subbing in the nursery this morning. So I'm going to make a couple of announcements for her. Number one, since she's leaving, we're doing a uh, combined service at 10 a.m. on the last Sunday of this month. What's the last Sunday of this month? What's the date? The 28th. We have how many services? At what time? And what place? Sanctuary. We're immediately going to um, come over here after that for a celebration lunch in the FLC. And we've got great people uh, on staff here working on that very hard. Something that captures Katie entirely is a tradition that y'all apparently have that is today on Valentine's Day. It's Big Hug Sunday. So adults, you can expect children to come hug you in uh, Sunday school today, which I think is pretty fun. Um, also regarding children's ministries, next Sunday, we're going to begin using our security check-in system. Um, we're going to use families with the last names A through D. If you have a child fifth grade or below and your last name is A through D, I want you to check out our security system, which is on the other side of that wall, the double doors there. Katie is entering all your family's names in there. You'll come up, you'll check in for an event, whether it be nine, nine in Sunday school, Sunday school, Sunday school and 11. We're here all day. We're here from like eight to one. That's the Davis plan. Uh, we're here all day doing all sorts of stuff. You'll get a sticker. Your child will get a sticker. You put it on the child's back and that will be the beginning of our uh, effort into the child security system. There's a handbell and um, uh, uh, choral concert next Sunday. And also the band was unable to do their concert because of the um, foul weather. That's going to be on March 19th. But the next one coming up in the series is next Sunday at 3 p.m. And, um, in the sanctuary. It's going to be a combined effort with First Press. That has got to be enough announcements. Make sure you see the book that's being passed around and make sure that book somehow finds its way back to me. Um, uh, it's our book that we're using in the series of Lent. Let's begin our service. Please stand and sing with us.
Pray with me, please. Dear Heavenly Father, today is a good day because you allowed us to wake up again um, and have a day where we can choose you first. Uh, Lord, I pray that this morning that you speak through Joe, help us to have open hearts while we worship, uh, and Lord, learn a little bit more about you and draw closer to you. In your precious and holy name we pray, amen.
morning. Happy Valentine's Day. What is it to be responsible? What does it mean to be responsible? Emma. To be trusted. Ellie. Say it again. To be worthy. Um, is there anything at your house that you are responsible for? Do you have any jobs? Davis, do you have a job? Davis' job, he is responsible for collecting the trash and rolling the trash bin up on trash day. Kevin, do you have anything you're responsible for? Kevin has to feed his dog. Oh, Kale is responsible for something. Kale, what are you responsible for? Feeding your animals. Ellie? Getting the cats out of the house. All right, so can you guys tell me what I have here? A big box of Lego Duplo box, right? So if Miss Marsha is at my house and I decide I want to play Legos and I dump this whole box out all over the house, 
who is responsible for cleaning the Legos up? They all pointed to me, okay? Miss Marcia is. Okay, so now let's pretend I wanted to have a play date with Thomas, and Thomas comes over to my house. And Thomas empties my whole playroom, and it is a wreck. It is a big, big mess. But Miss Jessica calls and said, it's time for Thomas to come home. And Thomas leaves, but the playroom is still a mess. And Mr. Tyler says, Marcia, the playroom is a mess. You need to work on that. So who's responsible for the mess now? Thomas made the mess, right? But who is responsible to clean it up? Miss Marcia, because her friend made the mess. Do you think that Miss Marcia would be happy to clean up the mess that Thomas made? Do you think I might kind of whine and grumble and say, Mr. Tyler, I don't want to do this. So, but what did Jesus do for us that he wasn't responsible for, Emma? He died on the cross for our sins, right? Did Jesus ever sin? No. Was he ever disrespectful? No. Did he ever make a mess and not clean it up? No. So, Jesus was responsible for our sin by dying on the cross. And because he died on the cross, where do we get to go when we die? Heaven. You're exactly right. All right, so let's say our prayer, boys and girls. Dear God, thank you for sending us Jesus. And thank you, Jesus for taking the responsibility of our sin. We love you. Amen. We didn't have any cards uh, shared with us today, but I want you to be aware that every Sunday you have the opportunity to fill out a note card that our ushers will give you, and we will uh, pray for the name on that card, um, both in the service and on the Tuesday morning uh, prayer group. Let's pray together. Gracious God, we are entering an important season, a season of preparation. And unlike Advent for Christmas, in which we are thinking about all the ways in which we're clearing the roads and preparing a way and expecting a baby, in this season we're preparing to understand the ways in which we impede your will with our actions, with our words, with the lack of action, with the lack of words. So it's a tough season for us. It's a season in which we wonder aloud are we coming close to the thing that you asked us to do? Help us to look faithfully, Lord, inward. We do a great job at looking at others and wondering if they're doing enough. Help us to look at ourselves, Lord, to understand your will for us, to understand the words that your son said on the cross. 
Help us to understand our participation in the pain, but also our preparation for the joy. It's in your son's name we pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We start a new series today uh, based on a book that's going around, if you see that book. Uh, the Final Words from the Cross by Adam Hamilton. Adam is um, one of the great uh, leaders in United Methodist uh, growth and leadership and, uh, and, and, in my opinion, theology. He's a prolific writer on a number of different subjects. And these words are, um, you know, each week is broken into a chapter. And we're going to read one chapter a week as we go throughout the season of Lent. And they're things that Jesus said. So the phrase we're talking about today is, Father, forgive them. This is something that Jesus said while on the cross. It's the first thing he said. And while, in a way, in, um, in, in this first week of Lent, reading things about Jesus on the cross seems a little, uh, getting a little ahead of the game. Understanding what he said leading up to that moment, that week that goes so fast for us, uh, I think will truly help us understand. Verse 26 from Luke 23. As the soldiers led him away, they seized Simon from Cyrene, who was on his way in from the country, and put the cross on him and made him carry it behind Jesus. A large number of people followed him, including women who mourned and wailed for him. So our first phrase is, sometimes you are just simply pulled in. Um, been a part of a number of school trips, been a part of a number of church trips. I've now been leaders in both of those trips. And as a child, I heard, remember who you are and remember who you represent from your family and this organization. As a leader, I've said pretty much that's the exact same thing. Let's, let's make good choices because you can get swept up in a bad choice in a hurry. And these people who are in this moment are getting swept up in a really bad choice. You have soldiers. Why are they there? Well, they're there because of Roman occupation. They're there because of the expansion of Rome. And the emperor has placed those soldiers out on the outer edges to make sure that Rome stays secure. In the midst of that environment, the religious leadership has convinced the Roman people, this guy is out to turn you over. And if you want to keep everything safe and secure and you want to keep money flowing and you want to keep everything uh, as it is, you probably want to take out this guy who's going to create an insurrection. And so these soldiers are given an order based on fear, which has been propagated by the religious leadership. There's a crowd. Any present for an amazing festival, the Passover. The Passover being the last act of God in Egypt to liberate the people from a brutally oppressive life of slavery. And so while these people are in this town thinking about liberation from brutal violence and slavery, they are taking Jesus to the cross, the Son of God. Simon, 
He's just coming into the city from the country. Is he coming into the city to celebrate this? Is he coming into the city just because he had to come in the city? We don't know. I, mean, I don't know exactly. But he is asked to carry the cross for Jesus. Imagine just walking into a city and then something crazy happening to you. You know that, I don't know if it's uh, ABC or CBS or 2020, whatever. Is, uh, um, well, you know, what would you do in this situation? Have you seen that show? What would you do in this situation when someone's being just awful to a waitress? Or someone's blocking a senior citizen from a parking spot. or what, and, and they're testing to see what you're capable of in that moment. Simon's just walking in. And all of a sudden he's wrapped up in this. And then there's the women. Who are trailing behind this event. Powerless in that society. Crying and wailing in pain because of what they see. The violence. The brokenness. The oppression of those people. In a holiday season. Have you ever heard someone say, uh, I can't believe somebody could do something so violent. Someone could do something so mean. Someone could do something so stupid in Christmas season. How can you do it now, in this season? Well, consider a season in which they were celebrating liberation from Egypt. That liberation created by God. And in that moment, they're taking God's son to the cross. Now, to be fair to them. There's a fair number in the religious leadership who don't think he has anything to do with God. They, in fact, think he's the opposite of God. And by taking him to that cross, they're making sure that God's will is what? is done. Very confusing times. Verse 33. When they came to the place called the skull, they crucified him there along with the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. I'll tell you something I've never noticed until I read it this time which, um, you know, the more years you go in the life of the church, the more you read a scripture that you've read a bunch of times, the more you notice something. There were people all along the way when things were going really well who said, hey, can I eat with you? Can, can I sit in the seat right beside you when we eat? I don't want to sit down there. You know, Jesus talks to them about, don't take the most important seat. Take the least important seat. And if someone invites you up, maybe you know that's, that's better. The disciples, when Jesus is telling them about the event of going to Jerusalem, we're going to have to go. No one there is going to be excited about what I'm talking about. Everyone there is going to want to extinguish the thing that I'm talking about. And they're not going to respond to me in a peaceful, let's have a discussion about this way. They're going to be very violent towards me. Jesus is walking along telling the disciples this. And as he's walking along telling the disciples this, they're back there. And they're, what are they talking about? Hey, which one of us do you think is the greatest? I think I'm the greatest. Uh, him? How could he be the greatest? Jesus looking back there and saying, hey, y'all paying attention? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Got it. Jerus- uh, Jerusalem? No, I don't want to go to Jerusalem. Let's not do that. Let's stay up here in Galilee. In fact, a mom approaches Jesus on the behalf of her two sons, and she says, in eternity, in the kingdom of heaven, can one of my sons sit on your right and one of my sons sit on your left? Why do they want to be right there next to him? Significance, power, healing, love. They want, they want to be real close. Remember those guys that cut a hole in the roof and lowered their friend down in there to get him healed? Number one, they wanted that guy to be close so that he could be healed. But number two, the reason they had to cut a hole in some guy's roof is because everybody was in there close to him, the really significant people. 
in that community? How many people are close to him today? How many people want to be on his right and on his left today? Not today. We want to be back here. We want to be observant. Especially people who have said, I'll never turn away from you. But you know what? They're human. And when our buried lives are threatened, we're going to step back a little bit. Today, humans are doing the most violent thing humans have ever done. They are taking the Son of God to the most embarrassing, violent thing that they can think of. Now, let me be real clear. I'm not going to suggest anything about politics. You hear me? Joe, if somebody says, did y'all hear when Joe talked about politics? No. Mm -mm. I'll talk about it in generalities. You hear me? This is something I heard about the Republican presidential primaries. Not uh, the candidates, but I listened to, uh, um, uh, what is it, pundits? People, people who follow it all the time, people who just nerd out about politics. They said, the people in Iowa want to know, are you going to go and slosh through the snow and come to our meetings and spend time with us and get to know us? He said, the people in New Hampshire want to know, are you going to come in our house and have tea with us? He said, the people of South Carolina want to know, can you take a punch? That's what he said. Now, I can't tell. I'm not saying that that's the case. I'm not saying anything about Republicans or Democrats. I'm not saying about people of South Carolina. I'm saying it was this pundit's opinion that South Carolinians just have a history of kind of getting after each other. And they want their leader to be able to handle such. Did y'all watch the debate last night? Did you notice how it sort of ramped up? Right? Not in terms of topics. I mean, the topics were fairly similar, but the language that was used and the, and the body language that was used. Let's see, violent, let's see, that isn't new. That isn't a new concept. The Romans want to know, what's this guy who says he's the new king? What's this guy who says he's the Messiah? What, what, what can you handle? And they're taking him to this very violent thing. Unbelievable in that moment is verse 34. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they're doing. Y'all forgive people for, um, you know, when you, when you go over Academy, 385 goes over church, and churches, you're trying to go over town, and those people are impatient and they block the intersection because they, you know, they need to make it, right? I need to make this light. And they block the intersection and you got to wait a whole nother cycle to get across church. You ever say, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do, <laughs> right? When I was a server at Chili's and we were closing at midnight, closing at midnight, and a group of 11 walked in at 11.50 and you knew in your heart, this is not going to go well. A minimum of three of these people are going to send something back. And I'm thinking 6% is a dream, much less 15% on this ticket. I can assure you at age 21, I didn't say, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. <laughs> when I was 16, I worked at Carowinds. I worked at the very front gate in merchandise. 
and the park closed at midnight. When the park closed at midnight, they'd go to the very back of the park and security would drive them forward at about one. At 16, I never said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Think in this moment of these people who said, hey, can I sit beside you? Can I sit beside you? This guy isn't important enough to sit beside you. They don't want to be beside him anymore. The people who are walking along, just kind of letting it happen, the people who have a gross misinterpretation of who he is and what scripture is and now want to punish him, the people who are just kind of happy to see something violent today, here's something entertaining. I didn't expect to see something cool like this. He says to all of those people, Father, forgive them. And this is, uh, Adam has three basic points. This is Adam Hamilton, minister at um, um, Resurrection, Church of the Resurrection in Kansas City, who wrote the book that's going around. He says, number one, we need forgiveness. It's, you know, it's, you might think this is a given. It's not. If we become aware of the fact in this season that we need forgiveness, Adam says we're reluctant to talk about sin. He said we shouldn't be. I might should say certain denominations are reluctant to talk about sin. Certain denominations, you know, let's, let's get in there. Let's stay in there. Accountability is half of this process. We've got to have grace, but accountability is half of this process. Where are we falling short and how are we falling short and what can we do about it? He says we make a mistake when we make accountability the focal point, the end game. He says we do need it. We need to understand that we're broken. We need to understand that we need forgiveness. The second thing he says is God's grace is a gift. God's grace is a gift. In that horrific moment, Jesus offered something to them. So he made an important point in chapter 1 that, that I had not considered. If he offered grace in that horrific moment, is there any point in our lives in which we can figure, no, God wouldn't allow me grace in this moment? I wouldn't think so. There needs to be a recognition of it, of that accountability. There needs to be an understanding of it. But there's not a moment in which God does not say, here is an opportunity for forgiveness. And finally, I mean, this kind of goes unsaid. Jesus modeled forgiveness. He gave us the perfect example in the hardest moment. Not a pretty good example in a pretty easy moment. The perfect example in the hardest moment. Adam says an uncommon level of sacrifice in a moment for people who are ending his life. He said it. In that moment, in crucifixion, it's terribly difficult to breathe, much less speak. And so if you are going to take an opportunity to say something, it's going to take a great deal of effort. And if you were in that moment and the people who were with you were not with you and the people who were against you were feeling the greatest joy they had felt in a long time, and God, your Father, would not stop it because God allows free will, couldn't you have some violent things to say in that moment? Some hurtful things to say in that moment? And in that moment, he took a breath in order to say, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do.
So number one, can we accept forgiveness? That's harder than it sounds. Can you, in this season, hold yourself accountable and accept forgiveness that God offers you? That's an important step in this season. Can you offer it? Okay, if I gave you two minutes to come up with three people that you figure you would never forgive again for whatever they did, I bet you could do it. If you consider in this season what Jesus did in that moment for those people and you think of what you were carrying around for those three people that you might name, what would it mean to say, Father, forgive that person? They didn't know what they were doing. That's the season of Lent. Capturing the ways in which we have impeded the progress of God, impeded the progress of Jesus, but Jesus is un stoppable force of grace and mercy. Let us pray. Lord, at times we have tried to stop someone from doing the right thing. But many, many times we aren't really trying to stop your grace and your mercy. We just like to do the things we want to do. We like to say the things we want to say. We like to be the person we want to be. Help us, Lord, to recognize the path that Jesus took, the people that were in his way, and his unwavering desire to offer mercy and grace. Help us, Lord, to pray for accountability, to pray for forgiveness, to accept that forgiveness and to offer forgiveness. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Please stand and join me in the affirmation. We are not alone. We live in God's world. We believe in God who has created and is creating, who has come in Jesus, the word made flesh, to reconcile and make new who works in us and others by the Spirit. We trust in God. We are called to be the church, to celebrate God's presence, to love and serve others, to seek justice and resist evil, to proclaim Jesus crucified and risen, our judge and our hope. In life, in death, in life beyond death, God is with us. We are not alone. Thanks be to God. Amen. Please be seated. We're now going to have a um, time of giving our tithes and offerings. I encourage you every week to look at the financial report. Were it not for a Sunday that we didn't meet at all due to foul weather, I think we'd be in very good shape. Just pay attention every week. We're, um, we're grateful for your generosity, and we're tracking on uh, uh, in a very positive way for this year.
just as long as he considers me high above every other thing, even his glory. Broken like a record, spinning round and round like a hurricane. I pour out water, then I disappear. Reappearing when I fear and I'm in need a touch from
jealous for me Love's like a hurricane I am a tree Bending beneath The weight of his wind and mercy of things this morning. I know y'all had uh, uh, two reasons, at least, to sleep in this morning, being a holiday and being cold outside. I'm grateful y'all came. Grateful for Cindy and the way she picks the songs. You'll see how the songs change dramatically in this season uh, to help um, help us capture the moment. Grateful for the band's ability to sing that diverse number of songs to really capture this season so that we can understand this journey. Um, if you would like this book, make sure that you let us know that you want it. Um, if you've already let us know, you don't have to. They'll be here this week. I have to be gone this week, um, Tuesday and Wednesday, but you can always email me or text me. Go in peace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the power and presence of the Holy Spirit go with you all. Amen. Die for me.
are true. It's my joy to honor you in all I do. I honor you. Have a great week.